So this week uh, we begin to read the Parsha and the Chumash of Shmois. We're starting a whole new book, the Sefer Shmois. And, uh, and the Sefer begins right away with the, uh, the names of the sons of Israel. It goes through and it details uh, the, um, old, uh, the, the names of the tribes, basically. Uh, in the portion of Ayigash, uh, we read the, very specifically the names and also the children's names. It goes through actually all the numbers, not only the names of the tribes, not only the 12 names of the tribes, but actually it goes through also the name of their children. And, uh, and then um, part of the whole uh, group, which was turned out to be 70 together with Yechevet, also included Yosef's children. Yosef and his children, uh, and that made the total of 70. Now, so right away in this Parsha, we started to talk about the story about how the Jewish people became enslaved after the death of all the brothers and Yosef, they all passed on, and then the Egyptians started to enslave them. Again, the Torah doesn't just say that after the brothers died, it just goes through all the details again, it goes back to enumerate the uh, children of Israel that came to Mitzrayim, he counts Reuben, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda, Yisachar, Zulun, Benyamin. He counts through, goes through all the names of the tribes. And Rashi already points out right in the beginning that notwithstanding the fact they already been counted and articulated earlier, but because they're very precious to Hashem, they're like the stars, they go, they're always uh, go in with number, out with a number. This time when they were leaving, uh, when we were discussing about how they passed on, we also mentioned their names. But within the names itself, so we see, first he, he mentions uh, all the children of, uh, of Leah. So we have Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehudi, Sachar, and Zevulun. Those are all Leah's children. And then it only talks about one son of Rachel, the other wife, which was Rachel, which was Binyamin. He says Binyamin. And then it goes to, talks about the children of Bilah and Zilpah, Don and Aftoli, and God and Usher. And then, and finally, in verse in verse hey, in verse five, it says, nafesh, that it was all together. It was came to seventy. Now the number is seventy. If you heard the number seventy, is very significant. The Jewish people were seventy, and then later on, it broke up to more. But that's a significant number of seventy. But then it says, and Joseph was in Egypt. So one is inclined to learn if you read the verse simply in the text. It almost seems like. This were 70, and then Yosef was in Egypt, meaning that that was besides the count. So do you have 70? And Yosef was in Egypt, that he wasn't included, because in the verse it almost seems like it should say, if it's counting the name of the tribe, it should say, Yosef and Binyamin. How come it doesn't mention Yosef? It doesn't say Yosef over there. It just says, well, of course there's a difference, because... Uh, these people came to Egypt, but if they're the 70 people, those were all the people that were already mentioned. So that's why Rashi makes a point in right away and says, but well, wait a minute, part of the 70, shh, part of the 70 includes also Yosef and his children. So as we know, because when you go back to the Parshish Vayigash, you'll see that Yosef is part of the number 70. That's how it come, we came up to the number 70. But if you don't count Yosef and his children, we don't have 70. So it's not this were 70 and Yosef was in Egypt, but rather Yosef was in Egypt. 
So then the question becomes, the order seems a little bit out of place. So either it should have said Yosef uh, before together with Binyamin, but even if it wanted to say there was Shivim Nafesh, it should say and Yosef, the Yosef it should say, or it should say Yosef and his children. Well, the children are not mentioned over here, so we know Yosef is the head, the father, that's all we mentioned. It should say the Yosef. Why does it say the Yosef that Yosef was in Egypt? So Rashi explains and gives her a very important message. And Rashi says that what the Pasuk is trying to tell you, I mean, we know that Yosef was in Egypt. That's not what we're trying to tell you because we've been reading it in the whole parish that Yosef was in Egypt, that he didn't come to Egypt together with them, or rather he was there already. They came to meet Yosef in Egypt. Rashi says what it's saying, Yosef was in Egypt. Yosef, the same Yosef. The same Yosef who used to be a shepherd, the same Yosef that was uh, an innocent shepherd of his father's sheep, he is the same Yosef that was in the uh, that was in Egypt, and he became a king, and he still stood in his righteousness. So, but it's interesting. So the Torah chose to write this about Yosef at this point, because as we're going to see. The Torah says, "Vayomus Yosef v'chol echo v'chol haderahu," that that came the time after Yosef dies and all the generation. We already learned before in the end of the parsha of Vayichi, in which Yosef says that after he dies, they should take along, they'll bury him there. But then later on, when Hashem is going to take them out, they should take along his bones with him. That he wants to doesn't want to stay in Egypt, and they should take his bones with him. So, but the point here is, it's interesting that at this point, the Torah chooses to write this about Yosef. Um, first of all, the fact that Yosef was the only one who was actually different than all of his brothers, because all of his brothers, they stuck together, they lived in Goshen, they were together with Jacob, they were all uh, shepherds, they all had, and the Rebbe explains a lot of times that the idea of being a shepherd allowed them to mainly concentrate on spiritual matters. Being a shepherd just means you have to supervise uh, the, uh, the sheep, but there's no active involvement in something else that you have to really intellectually or uh, uh, put, your, put your way into something else. It's just a very similar, it's an easier job in the sense that you have to just uh, mend and watch the sheep, but you can sort of do your service of Hashem uh, at the same time. But Joseph was the only one who was in Egypt. He had a whole different kind of a uh, job to do. He was uh, uh, involved with the world, with running the government. And uh, it almost seems that Yosef, this innocent one and the youngest one and the one who was uh, Jacob's favorite, and he's the one that uh, Jacob taught all of his Torah, the Ben Zkunim, it seemed like he was sort of the most likely one to be the one remaining in the yeshiva, remaining learning, remaining with Yaakov. He was the one that ended up running the government in Egypt. And that's a very big deal that he remained still the same Yosef, that it all didn't corrupt him, that notwithstanding everything that he had to do, uh, he didn't become corrupted. And the Torah chooses, I think, to tell us over here at the end of his life, uh, because, um, you know, while a person is still... During their lifetime, we never know where they're going to go with it. We never know what's going to happen. Maybe uh, at some point they can still uh, go the other direction. But over here, um, 
before the Yom Yosef, the Torah is telling us, Yosef before that, that all through all what happened, through all his life and through everything he did, he still remained the same Yosef. And I think there's a tremendous lesson uh, for us over here that, um, you know, a lot of us uh, would love to be able to sit the whole day and study, uh, be in the kolel and uh, sit and study Torah and not have to go to work and not have to deal with other stuff, you know, one thing uh, we think that we're more righteous if we are not involved with the world. Of course, we're not running countries and we're not running, uh, like Yosef was busy with other things, but uh, still, uh, if you want to draw the parallel uh, in the uh, Megillah, we read the story about Mordechai HaTzadik, and over there it, it says actually that Mordechai got involved with leading the government over there in Shushan, over there in the over there, the Gemara says, that he was actually uh, put down one of the level in the Sanhedrin. They had the, the various different uh, seats, what level he was. But after he became involved in the government, he could no longer keep up to his level, and he was actually degraded at level. And uh, not everybody agreed with his, uh, with his choice, that his choice of going and getting involved with the government was the right thing. Others were of the view that he should uh, have stayed with the study of the Torah only and not get involved with other things. But as we see over here in the Chumash, even with regards to Yosef, that the Pasuk makes us, specifies it, Yosef Mitzrayim. And you see that when we count 70, Yosef is part of the 70. He is all the 70. He's not... Uh, not um, and the contrary, he's, he's, he's mentioned just for... He separated just to tell us his greatness that one might have expected that he should have uh, lowered. And that's another very important message because a lot of times we may think that we can excuse ourselves and think for ourselves that because we are uh, not in the yeshiva, because we are out there, maybe not that much can be expected of us because, you know, uh, our... Our job is, uh, you know, is out there, so we don't have to sort of uh, lead and, and be at a level which is the same as somebody who is uh, who is sitting in the yeshiva all the time. I like to tell the story. There was a uh, a fellow that came to the Rebbe one time, and the Rebbe was talking to him about uh, becoming more more observant, and and he says to the Rebbe, he says, Rebbe, you know, it's very easy to be observant in this room with all these books over here it's very, but it's a lot more difficult to be so observant when you're out there in the, uh, in the world over there, in the offices, in the world I mean it's a, it's a tough world over there you gotta do business and you gotta earn a li- living and it's a lot of times uh, Alter Rebbe writes about the Yoshevikronis those who have to sit on the corners and do their business, it's, it's not an easy job but yet we see Yosef Hoyeb Mitzrayim that it doesn't matter that Yosef teaches us that you know you could be, you can do your work, and uh, and uh, but you still be uh, Mitzrayim and Yosef. You're still Yosef. Yosef Mitzrayim, but you're still Yosef. Yosef Atzadik. You still remain in the in the level of Yosef. And you know we've seen that a lot. You know, I remember my uh, my father. May he rest in peace. I mean, he would he had a job, a regular job. He was good, but he would sit at his job. He would study Mishnayos the whole time. But he would sit in. So he worked, he was uh, polishing the diamonds over there, where he was, a schleifer they called it in Yiddish, he was a diamond polisher. 
But what would he do the whole time? He would sit and Chazer Mishnayis, Chazer Tanyas, as we learned in Ayim Yim the other day about purifying the ear. That's what they would do. They would sit and, and do it. So you can be in Mitzrayim, but you can still remain the Yosef and you could remain strong.